Salvate de Skibbly, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman. So for today, I am not yet going to be diving into pronouns with our next man, mini grammar uh, lesson series for all my Latin folks out there. Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking different words coming from either Latin or Greek, and then we're going to expound on those words and apply them to um words in modernity. So if you are curious, we're going to look at the root words. We're going to look at the cognates that we see surrounding us in the modern world, as well as derivatives, um, their derivations as such. And uh, yeah, we're going to apply all the Latin in our modern world and Greek as well. And show you guys that yes, although objectively Latin and Greek are dead, um, especially Latin, Greek still lives as more of a modernized version. Latin has kind of trans transitioned into Italian, um, kind of, in a way. Anyways, don't want to get off on a side tangent here. But, yeah, it's not a dead language. Objectively, yes. But it also has laid the foundation and this, yeah, kind of the groundwork, the framework for our language that we utilize today. We got to learn how to command it more. We got to understand how to manipulate it, utilize it, because if not, we're going to defer to our AI, our chat GPTs. We're going to defer to all these other things uh, to kind of fill in the blanks for us. And I don't really want that to happen for myself. I don't. I'm not speaking for you by any means, but for me, I would rather rely on my own laurels and my own knowledge and what's going on in my noggin. So. Without further ado, let's get on into it. Alrighty, so we're going to start with our first word here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and throw it into um, an example, uh, an example sentence, uh, just to give you some context for said word. Um, but I might not do it for all of them because I'm kind of doing it off the spot here. So bear with me. But our first word here is going to come from the Latin facere. Um, it's fourth principle part factum. So it goes facio facere. Um, feci factum. Those are the four principal parts. Um, and those, you know, and I'm not going to get into it. That's going to be for a Latin episode that you guys can refer back to and or you can go back to first conjugation as well as when I go into uh, all the principal parts and what they really mean. So facere, factum, means to make and or do. This is where we get manufacture, for instance. Manus means hand. Facture comes from factum, meaning to make. So made by hand essentially is what manufacture means. But that's not the one that I want to get into. Um, how about discomfort? Discomfort uh, is a verb. Dis, which means away essentially, and then com means with, and then fit coming from facio factum. It's kind of a an assimilated version. So to make with um, away from essentially is what it, it means. And the Google definition is a verb, means to embarrass and or to confuse. So let's say I'll put it into a, a sentence. A synonym would be something like perturb um, and something that would be on the you know, antonym side. The antithesis would be something like relax. 
So although the presence of a large audience discomfited uh, the uh, violinist, however, uh, she gave a very magnificent performance. Discomfort. Discomfort. It's not discomfort, it's comfort, spelled D-I-S-C-O-M-F-I-T. Next one we have here is, is edification. Edification is a noun, improvement, or enlightenment. Um, it comes from the Latin edis, meaning building, plus factum, meaning to make. Uh, so essentially, that means if we etymologize it, to make a building or to build up, essentially, right? To improve or enlighten, according to Almighty Google, both of them mean roughly the same thing. Um, so how about I being, um, an etiquette expert back in the day, uh, would often give hints of edification to, uh, the people that were chewing their food, uh, with their mouths open across the table for me. I don't know. Um, a synonym would be something like betterment, self-betterment, edification, uh, malfeasance, however, malfeasance is a noun which refers to misconduct or wrongdoing, especially by a public official. Uh, it comes from the Latin mal, malus, meaning bad. This is where we get maleficent, uh, malnourished, uh, maladapted, uh, mal meaning bad, and then plus facere meaning to make so or do. So essentially, etymologized, it means doing bad, essentially, or making bad. Uh, well, that's what malfeasance is. Making bad is making misconduct, essentially a wrongdoing. An example would be like the reporter uncovered a complex conspiracy intended to hide the mayor's latest malfeasance. I don't know. Synonym would be something like a wrongdoing, which I said before. Sorry, not trying to be redundant. I want to go back real quickly to discomfit. So a comfit what I want to talk about, C-O-M-F-I-T, a comfit like a confection is a is kind of a dessert, right? Um, this is funny because discomfit is a verb which means to embarrass, but comfit is a dessert. The word comes from the Latin confectum, meaning that which is prepared. This is where we get confectionary, which means it's the assimilated form. Latin con meaning together and or with, plus factum meaning to make together etymologize to make together or to prepare so to discomfit originally meant to ruin one's preparations or plans essentially and now it just simply means to embarrass so if you didn't know again discomfit it's a, it's a weird word it's not discomfort it's discomfit next one again feasible feasible refers to being as an adjective, according to Almighty Google, capable of being accomplished. So a uh, synonym would be possible or competent. I don't know. The Board of Education could not find a feasible solution to the, um, the lack of teachers in the city schools. I don't know. Something that we're dealing with a lot right now. Feasible just comes from, bo uh, well, both feasible and malfeasance are derived from the Lent, the French uh, faisant, which means a doing, the, the French form, which assimilated from the Latin facere, coming from the Latin facere factum, meaning to make. Uh, in the French faisant, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, it's spelled F-A-I-S-A-N-T. All righty, last one. Actually, I don't have any more. 
Oh, no, I do. Let's get into our last one here. Surfit. Surfit is a noun. It's a condition of being too full, a.k.a. an overabundance. Sur, referring to the Latin over, like supra. It's a shortened, condensed version of super, meaning over and or above. Plus facere means to make and or do. So too much made essentially is what it means etymologized. So the surfeit of army boots led to a lack of space in the warehouse for all the soldiers. So they just had to sleep outside in 120 degree weather. I don't know. Uh, synonym again would refer to abundance. So those are going to be the words that I'm going into with the Latin word facere factum. Next one that we're going to get into is opus coming from the Latin Opus operis, meaning work. Um, it can also come from ops, op, opus, meaning wealth, power, and or resource. This is where we get the term magnum opus. The magnum opus, for instance, would be like uh, the Mona Lisa for da Vinci, the greatest work. Magnum meaning great, and then opus meaning work in Latin. So great work. And in uh, according to Almighty Google, it refers to the greatest work of an artist, writer, or composer. So there you go. I would say uh, Tolkien's magnum opus would be the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm not sure if everybody would agree with it. I don't know. Maybe there's some crazy nerds that would be like, no, it's a Cimmerillion or Hobbit or any other weird side lore story about Middle Earth. Anyways, how about modus operandi? Modus operandi refers to, well, it means in the Latin, in now in the English, manner of working, a way of working, the way work is done, essentially, coming from the Latin modus, meaning way, operandi of working, operandi. It is a um, participial form of the word, it is also the genitive present participial form. Genitive making a possession, participial making that adjectival noun of working is why operandi is such a way of working. The criminal's modus operandi was one that the police had seen only rarely in the past, and it was pretty disgusting. I don't know. Next one and last one here, opulent. Opulent, an adjective possessing or exhibiting wealth, uh, great wealth or affluence, coming from that Latin ops opus, mean, meaning wealth. Having made his fortune in computer sales, um, Chad over here retired to an opulent estate on a private island because he's uh, Chad. And he was friends with Epstein. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm being controversial and weird in my examples. Next one that we'll get into here. This one is going to be the Greek version of the Latin opus. In this case, in the Greek, we have erg coming from the Greek word ergon, meaning work. This is where we get energy from work within and meaning within Ergi coming from ergon, meaning work. So energy is just work being done within, essentially. And, that, you know, what? that is kind of energy that gets transferred 
into energy that we utilize in this modern world. Next one, synergy. Syn meaning with and or together. Ergi coming from ergon meaning work. Synergy refers to etymologized, working together. According to almighty Google, the power that results from the combination of two or more forces. So an example would be the synergy of two networks allowed for faster and more powerful transmission of information. So a synonym would be something like confluence, confluence. Liturgy. Liturgy here. Uh, well, lit plus ergi. Well, in this case, in the Greek, Lyton means a town gathering, plus ergon means work. So it, again, it means work gathering, essentially. So public work, essentially, is what that means, according to its etymology. And according to Almighty Google, it's a noun, and it's a pattern of prayer or worship. So again, liturgy, public work, it's a pattern of prayer um, in a contextual sense. It will... I could say in a traditional Roman Catholic mass, the priest leads the congregation in the liturgy. Um, this is also where we get the word um, or the name George. George is geo plus ergi. Geo, earth, ergi, work. Um, worker of the earth essentially is what George referred to uh, back in the day, if you didn't know. Now you know. Uh, how about another one being lethargy? Lethargy from the Greek lethe meaning forgetfulness plus a meaning without plus ergon meaning work. So working without forgetfulness. Ooh, but that doesn't really make much sense now, does it? Because really, it kind of refers to a state of sluggishness, inactivity, and or apathy. So etymologized, I would say it refers to forgetful idleness again, uh, without forgetfulness uh, working, essentially. Maybe the etymology doesn't work really well in this case, but um, I would say forgetfulness uh, plus without plus working forgetful idleness. Oh, that's why. I just sussed that out in my head. So without working would refer to inactivity, right? And then forgetfulness would just be forgetful. So forgetful idleness is where we get the etymology. And now it makes more sense to me. All right, I'll pat myself on the back. As, um, as uh, A.A. Ron's lethargy increased, A.A. Ron... Sorry. He found himself unable to concentrate on his work. And maybe the lethargy increased because he was out in the sun and it was really hot and he got tired. I don't know. There we go. Next one, labor, coming from the Latin labor, or labor, coming from the Latin labor, meaning to work. This is where we get laborers from an adjective referring to requir requiring mental or physical effort. Um, an example would be reading the article was so laborious that I left the library feeling pretty exhausted. N another one, belabor. Belabor is a verb. It can either mean to discuss in too much detail or it can also mean to attack. So to belabor a point is to just go over and over and over and over again.
So with that being said, two examples. There is no need to to belabor this topic. I'll do that one again. There is no need to belabor this topic. Let us talk of other things. And then another example in the attack sense would be movie critics belabored that actor for um, the controversial point that he made within the movie. I don't know. Elaborate. Elaborate being our last word here. No, it won't be our last word. I'll do a couple more. Elaborate, e meaning out of labor, meaning to work. So when you elaborate something, you work out, essentially. And according to Almighty Google, it means to explain in greater detail. So when asked to elaborate on his proposal for the new um, park, the mayor said only that it was in its very uh, initial planning stages. Next one, collaborate. Coal, coming from co, meaning together and or with. Labor, laborare, meaning to work. And then I forget that ATE, again, meaning the action of essentially. So the action of working together, that's what collaborate means. And that is what it means according to Almighty Google, to work together. There we go. That being said, um, that's all I have for you guys today. So we went over the Latin facere factum. Then we went to the Latin opus, operis, also ops, opus, opus, work, ops, wealth. And then transitioning into the Greek, ergon, meaning work. And then finally, wrapping it up with some more Latin, labor, meaning to work or work rather. Labor, laborare would be to work. Labor is just work itself, um, the noun version. That being said, I'm going to leave it there. I hope you guys learned something new. You can apply more of these, and then you can also look in words in the modern world and see if any of these Latin and or Greek words are embedded within the English word, because like we've seen before, it's kind of a culmination. Think about when we just etymologize, collaborate, coal with, that's an assimilated prefix from the Greek, laborare, to work, that's Latin. And then that A-T-E is a suffix. Uh, I forget. It's an abstract form that they kind of tack on at the end of the word. See how it's three bits and pieces smushed together to make the actual word collaborate. But if you fleshed it out bit and bit and piece at a time, you would see how they actually are made up of different languages. English is funny in that way, and we don't really think about it in that respect. We don't think about it as the mod podge of a language that it is. Um, so with that being said, we're going to leave it there. Hope you guys learned something new. And if you did, would really appreciate that support if your soul is moved to do so. Thank you again, everybody. Tempus est discedere.